When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Daily Thrones is here. A quick look at the world of ice and fire. And you guys had some great reactions to yesterday's uh, call to action about Theon and John and what we feel about Theon's story, how it could fit into the big picture, and Theon's road to redemption. I still think it is one of those characters that uh, is, is disliked more than any other character. Theon committed crimes against the Starks that people just don't want to forget. It is interesting. It seems like there's a lot of other gray area characters. You come around on the Hound. You come around on Jamie. You come around even sometimes on Cersei Lannister. Cersei has her fans. Uh, it, it wins a winner. She takes out the Sept of Baylor. A lot of people are like, eh, I'd sip that wine too. Good thing for her. But Theon, it just seems like Theon doesn't get a break. But you guys had a lot of calls. I also want to post one yesterday that I thought I'd put up. I did not, and I referenced it in a segment. So you might be thinking, if you were listening yesterday, what's going on? But it's from the Hedge Knight, and it started the whole conversation yesterday about Theon and John. So we're going to put that up, your reactions, and then more on the other side, here on Daily Thrones. All right, Ken, I know this is like my sixth call, but I keep on thinking of um, different topics. One thing I really liked was the forgiveness partially from John to um, Theon and being like, you can be a Greyjoy and a Stark and you know, uh, Theon going down his road of redemption. I specifically liked the um, oh, for lack of a better term, nutless shot during Theon's fight. Uh, not only was it amusing and kind of funny, uh, the guy, look on the guy's face like, why aren't you going down? But I think Specifically that he used his weakness as an advantage in a fight. Kind of, I guess, is good symbolism. Hey, Ken. So talking about Theon, I kind of have like this off and on thing with Theon. Sometimes I hate him and don't care. And sometimes, because he's just such a wonderful actor, he pulls me in. Like in season three when he has that scene with Ramsay. He doesn't know who Ramsay is yet. He thinks Ramsay's trying to help him. And he talks about Ned. And he says, I had to make a choice and I chose wrong. My real father died in King's Landing. It's those scenes when they are what make me like Theon. But... I didn't love the fight in the finale. It wasn't my favorite part, but I did like that he found courage to find Yara. And then, I, and my, my prediction though is, I believe he will find Yara. However, I think Yaron is torturing her, and I believe she's probably near death. And I believe in season eight, Yara will die in Theon's arms, but she will say something to him like, "You know, you've came for me. You found me." And in that moment, Theon will have his redemption. Hey Ken, so one interesting thing about uh, Theon and John's conversation is what John said about uh, Theon's dad. I mean, he is as much a Greyjoy, a Greyjoy as he's a Stark. Uh, he was raised by Starks all his life, pretty much. Um, and I think that's very important because it, is, it establishes what John will think 
when he, uh, when Bran or, or Sam tells him that he's a Targaryen. He'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm a Targaryen, but my dad has always been a Stark. So, yeah, well, that might matter in his claim to the throne and whatnot, but he'll always be more of a Stark than a Targaryen. Even though he's been raised all his life believing he's a bastard, I just said that like he has been a Stark all his life. But yeah, he's been raised like a bastard. But I think it's it's the same point. I mean, he's technically a bastard, uh, but then he's been raised by Starks, and now he's a Targaryen, but he's still been raised by Starks all his life. So I think that's what matters. Daily Thrones, this is my first time calling in. My name is Liz, and I was super excited about the finale. I have watched it about three times. Uh, last night, I watched it again, and in reference to the Theon um, debacle, whether we liked it or not, I think it plays a bigger part than we're leading on to. I think that um, with Euron gone to the Iron Bank and not really going home where Theon might think he is, he might be able to get the word out to um, John and Daenerys that Cersei is not playing her part. And I mean, maybe then Jorah comes in with the Iron Bank, like you guys were saying. I don't know. This is a theory, and I want to know what you guys think. Thanks. Some great stuff from you guys about Theon and John. And Santiago's calls about uh, John talking to Theon about the forgiveness, about Theon is a Stark and a Greyjoy. He doesn't have to choose, which I, I do feel is, is one of the better parts of the season. It's, uh, it's actually an underrated moment, again, because of what people generally think of Theon. But I think it's, it's going to be something John, another lesson he's going to have to learn that he kind of taught himself there once he learns that he's a Targaryen and he feels uh, that he wants to be a Stark. And yes, Lyanna Stark is his mother, so he's got Stark blood. But in this world, in this realm, you are uh, more your father's last name. And he's going to, uh, I think he's still going to feel connected to Ned Stark, as he should. Ned is absolutely more his father than Rhaegar. So it's going to be fun. It could be uh, John actually breaking the kind of wheel in his own way. No longer loyal to just houses, names, and banners, but more uh, uh, bigger picture stuff about who you are and, and uh, what you are made of. So that could be interesting there. It's a great call there. And, and Liz, first time caller. Liz, welcome to Daily Thrones. We love new callers here and I love the idea. We we're talking about Theon and talking about how his storyline, how does it factor into the big picture this late in the game because I feel a lot of storylines over the last couple of years have been cut off um, some told very well I think the the high sparrow story is is slow and plotting at times but it factors in to Cersei's rise to power and then that's pushed aside as all her uh, rivals are and then you have uh, Dorne, which was just handled poorly and pushed out of the way, and at the end of the day, they don't factor into the big picture anymore, and maybe they never really did. So how does Theon factor into the big picture? Well, Liz has a great idea, great theory. If he's chasing down Euron, and Euron is not where uh, he's he's thought to be, where he said he was, which was he's heading back home to the Iron Islands because the, the Whites can't swim to get him there, and now he's heading over to Braavos or heaven, somewhere in Essos maybe to pick up the Golden Company. If Theon finds that out and he can get word back, they know Cersei has betrayed them. They know Euron's in the process of uh, turning the tide against them all, so that could be interesting. And also, if he 
if Theon defeats Yurod, if he gets that kind of redemption and he saves Yara, and Yara assumes to the salt throne, then that's going to help. That's going to factor in because then the Ironborn can then help with the battle against the Night King. So Theon does matter. He'll get his road uh, road to redemption started. It kind of already is, and we'll see where it takes him. But Theon has, has uh, a place at this big table. One of the season one, episode one characters that's still around standing and still factors in. Your guys' calls are great. Keep them coming here on Daily Thrones. Yeah, um, I probably lost my damn mind, but I support Danny and John because they're just... I feel like if you're unproblematic, it's not as bad. And also, they didn't knowingly, like, knowing that they were related, that Daenerys was his aunt, they didn't have sex. Like, you know, Jamie and Cersei always knew that they were brother and sister. And they were also twins. So there's always that. Uh, I mean, when you're unproblematic, like Daenerys and. John, I mean, they have their faults, of course, but, you know, you want to see that. So, yes, um, I know. I'm probably crazy, but this is fiction, after all. So, this is a uh, fantasy. So, everything goes. This is fantasy. Everything goes. I love that call here on Daily Thrones. We've been talking all this week about kind of the reactions to the icky love of Danny and John, and a lot of people are just okay with it. And this call by uh, Shante is an uh, amazing call showing why it is. Because John and Danny, number one, they don't know when they do it, unlike Jamie and Cersei, who are like totally aware of who they are and what they're doing so you can't fault john and danny it makes perfect sense and like she said at the end of the day this is fantasy we're rooting for these characters anything goes in this world especially in the targaryen world this probably doesn't stand out as too weird it's just weird to us and while that's okay in real life we got dragons we got zombies little aunt and nephew love might be okay and i think some people can get on board with that. If you're one of those, have no guilt. Danny and John, now you're to love reign supreme. Easily my favorite part of the season finale of Game of Thrones season seven was the meeting between Brienne and the Hound. I mean, this might be an understated um, reunion, considering that the Hound also reunited with his brother, so to speak, uh, and had that awesome little... Uh, a uh, little dialogue, well, I guess just a monologue between him and his brother. But Brienne and the Hound meeting again uh, was really cool because they just kind of showed, like, how, like, you know, the Hound really cares for Arya. And I thought that, that was really nice. And, like, he immediately was like, well, if you're here, like, who's defending her? And they both kind of agreed that, you know, Arya does not need defending. Meanwhile, as she's, you know, cutting Peter Baelish's neck wide open. It was really awesome. Matt with a great call about the Hound and uh, Brienne and their reunion. We haven't really talked about it. It was one of uh, my favorite moments as well. I loved the finale because we only had certain certain little sections of time, little segments of time to get these characters back together and catch them up. And and some people didn't like that, but I loved it. I thought it worked really well in the finale. And the best one, one of the best ones, I think, was the, the... 
Brienne and Hound reunion because first you have Brand Brienne's reaction to realizing it's the Hound, and then the Hound is changed. He he doesn't come at Brienne. He doesn't hold anything against her. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm I'm not dead yet. And I loved the conversation about Arya. You see the care of of the Hound. You see it in his eyes. But in, in typical Hound fashion, he's not going to get too weepy, too mopey. He's just going to talk about how Arya can take care of herself. And it's also a little bit of foreshadowing of what was to come with Baelish when. Uh, uh, they're talking about uh, the people that need protecting are the men who are in front of Arya, and uh, that comes out to be very true. But I loved it. Uh, the Hound in the Mountain was fun. It's a good uh, get-hyped kind of pregame. Whether or not we'll actually see them actually fight, still to be determined, I believe. Uh, it'll be a little funny side note. But again, the, the Hound and Brand stuff, definitely uh, underrated, I think, in this big finale and in this season. Uh, that little moment was definitely fun as we're, you know, there's a lot of uh, Tyrion and Pod and Tyrion and Braun. Where that that was a great little reaction. I love the the tenderness underneath Tyrion and Pod uh, reuniting. Uh, their their parting uh, back in season four was one of the sadder moments because it's it is a sweet sad moment. And so to have that back together was great. And then Braun and Tyrion, typical. And you know Tyrion trying to uh, bribe Braun back and remind him of the deal they made about whoever wants to uh, have you go against me. Just give me that one, one more chance to double the money, to pay you more. Braun's doing pretty good for himself, though. We'll see, though, what happens in the end. I would love Braun and Tyrion and Pod fighting side by side again against the Army of the Dead. That could be something that's interesting. But, yep, Matt, great call. The Hound and Brienne, great reunion, great moment on a season full of little tasty reunion treats. <laughs>